0: the newest episode of the Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sano, joined as always by the Boston Cream to my apple fritter. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? Uh,
1: doing very well. I, uh, am very rich, while well, at the same time being very satisfying.
0: Yeah, and when you bite into your juice comes out, and then our very own maple bar. That's right, it's Eric Ronnebeck. Eric, how you doing, buddy? So kind. So kind, yeah. <clears throat> uh, Eric, Eric loves social distancing because I don't use this as an opportunity to, to poke fun at him. I know. It feels, uh, it feels wrong when you're not in the room. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, we only
1: poke fun of him at the podcast that we do without him.
2: <laughs> I say that because he wouldn't know. Well, that, that's not true. You know I listen. That's, that's not true. He does he does I'm listen. quality control, man. I'm hey, always like, mm, your mic was
1: too hot. Uh, I've also been running this joke for like four years, so I'm yep. not going to drop it now. since day one. <laughs>
2: Yeah, the so, the the thing about the maple bar is that it's always the first donut gone, uh, but it's someone always cuts it in half unless you're
0: Eric Ronnebeck. Yeah, so we uh we we my wife is very very pregnant and she had a craving today to get donuts. We ordered donuts from uh, I would say our second favorite donut place because the first favorite isn't in any of these delivery apps, and I didn't want to drive. So we got Dockside Donuts. Very good, nice light donut. Uh, you're correct, Eric. The first donut we ate was the maple bar. It's there the first go. one. Let's First one out of the box top pot for Quinn's birthday.
1: Yeah. Uh, his It was nice enough to bring it over. Carrie's sister. So don't appreciate it.
0: Donuts are fantastic. All right. So, uh, this week was draft week. Uh, the Seahawks selected a total of eight players. They entered the draft with eight picks, right? So it's just a wash from a picks perspective. Uh, right. We started with eight. We ended with eight. And, uh, what was your first before we get into the nitty gritty, get talk about all these guys that the Seahawks drafted, talk about overall says, what was your, uh, what was your favorite part of the draft? We watched the draft in the discord with other people three days, uh, started to get loose at the end. I have a couple things, but, uh, Eric, what was your favorite part of the draft? Like overall? Okay. So my
2: two, I, am going to, it's a tie because one is, uh, the thing I enjoy every year. And that's <laughs> seeing the draft, having an immediate reaction. And then, what does Kevin think? What does Nathan think? <laughs> and just running in there because there's always like, there's the names we talk about for weeks. And we we always talk about you guys are the draft pros. And I'm, I'm just like right before I'm the, I'm the draft newcomer. I'm the fairweather fan to the college players. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm really going to be into this guy, uh, which we'll talk about Grant Delpit on this podcast. But uh, that's, that's my first thing is because I'm always like, oh, that doesn't seem like a good pick. What does Kevin think? Um, and that, that felt like a theme this year. Uh, my other favorite thing is, uh, connected to that. And that's the more things change, the more they stay the same. It felt like a Seahawks draft and there's a little bit of comfort
0: in that. All right. Kevin, what was your, what was your, uh, your, your draft highlights?
1: Uh, all right. Well, first of all, one of my favorites, we actually started with seven and I forgot to unmute my mic when I was trying to correct you on that. So I apologize. Okay. That's right. Um, so actually, one of my favorite things was when suddenly the discord lit up and everyone had to jump back in and went, hey, wait a minute, we're we're back in. And it was like, wait, what? And we traded in for 251 to get yeah. another tight end, kind of. So that that was one of my favorite scrambles. The other thing was just. Uh, when we all thought that we were going to be trading out of the first round and then we didn't and then everyone got
0: really excited and then we picked Jordan Brooks. Yeah. Um, that was interesting. we will talk about that in a little bit. My favorite things have nothing to do with the Seahawks. So I have a couple. Number one, uh, Bill Belichick's dog. Just the whole work from home thing. Belichick's dog, uh, Cliff Kingsbury's house, uh, Dave Gettleman in the mask. Like there's all these like super meme worthy things that just kept happening uh, that were just so funny to me. I just kept cracking up. But the best one was the way that Roger Goodell kept getting more casual as the night went on. He started started out, he started out like in a suit or whatever. And then he's like wearing a button up. Then he goes to like a sweatshirt. Then he was just wearing a t-shirt. And at the end, he's just wearing the t-shirt and he's like sitting in the big chair and his legs are, and he's like got his legs crossed and he just looks like, like he's like, call me Raj. And I said, this is cursed. Like what is happening right now is it's seriously cursed. Get it off my TV. I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. Casual Goodell is not my favorite. I was horrified that is like a bad bad look and i uh i I seriously did not like it i was what you missed was in the post-draft
1: party he was in a wife beater and his boxers he had a a a fifth of uh johnny walker and was toasting every single person in the room and then awkwardly bearing his soul to them
0: i'm think i I really think like he he uh he took some painkillers at the beginning of the draft or something i don't know he looked he looked wasted at the end, but but not like drunk, just like trash. Maybe he's just tired. He looked exhausted. I don't know. Yeah. So so let's get I, into. I like it. when
1: he had to sit down for nappy time because he was so tired.
0: Let's get into it here. we go. And that, that thing of M and M's that just kept going down, 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 <laughs> down as the the night went on. I was like, dang, this guy's going for those M and M's. Okay. Uh, Seahawks picked at twenty seven. Uh, the CX selected linebacker, Jordan Brooks out of Texas tech, six foot, 240 pounds. He ran the 40 in 4.54 seconds, 32 and seven eighth inch arms, not one one eighth inch hands. That's right. I got my measuring tape out. Cause I am doing the full Schneider. Now here's the thing. I only thing I don't like about this pick, right? The more I look into it, the more I think Jordan Brooks is fine. He's a late first rounder. Uh, I can't get mad at the Seahawks. I hammer them all the time. Pick the best player on your board. Pick the best player in a I can't get mad at them for picking a guy at a the best player on their board when it's a guy that we already have a good player at his position because I want them to pick the best player on their board. So can't get mad about that. The only thing I don't like about it is his career is now going to be inextricably linked to the career of Patrick Queen because they went back to back. They play the same position and I don't like that. I don't want that. I don't want that for, for, for either of these guys. I just, and also, I mean, if it was up to me, obviously we would have picked Queen. Cause I think I, I, you guys is well established. I'm on the queen hype train, but that's fine. Whatever. I just don't like that. We have our linebacker now linked to another linebacker. And even if he's really good, if Queens better, everyone will just be like, well, you could have got this guy. It's like, um, when we skipped out on Eddie Jackson for Tedrick Thompson, you know, it's just like, it didn't matter how good Tedrick Thompson was. He wasn't going to be that good. And so it's just kind of screwed us over, but let's get into it. Jordan Brooks. That is the guy the Seahawks have. He's the new, he's the newest Seattle Seahawk. Um, so what Kevin, you did a, like a 30 minute film study video on him. It's up on the Patreon. What's some things that you noticed uh, when you were watching Jordan Brooks? So
1: one thing that was kind of made a big do a do about was his coverage skills because we, we took an off ball linebacker and so you want to be able to cover um, something I noticed as I was watching the tape was rumors of his poor coverage skills are overblown. In my opinion, uh, his, his, junior and sophomore years he was playing an outside linebacker position at texas tech and was really effective in an off-ball linebacker coverage situation he was adjusting to a new position last year and you just didn't really see him do coverage they had him spy the quarterback and blitz a lot but what that does mean is that he has a lot of experience both covering and blitzing and so it's really technique he's a guy i think can get tightened up in technique but i think he's a really good fit for our strong side linebacker position and once he learns how to shed blocks a little bit more consistently. And he learns how to cover and it tightens up his coverage technique, especially his man coverage technique. Um he's actually a really good scheme fit for weak side linebacker.
0: Yeah, he so his coverage snaps went down every year. He was at Texas Tech. And that's the thing is that a lot of people, draft people, you have when you cover the draft, you have to cover like a billion guys, right? And so a lot of these draft guys just go, okay, well just watch his 2019 tape. Right? Because that's the most recent stuff and it is the most important stuff. And in 2019, I'll be honest, his 2019 tape doesn't show a lot of coverage. And he didn't and even when he wasn't coverage, he didn't do anything. No uh no pass deflected, forced incompletions, interceptions, any of that stuff. Um, I think and so then I think what people thought was, okay, well, this guy can't be a space defender. Like, and that's what you want a modern linebacker to be, right? A 2020 linebacker, you want him to defend in space. If you go back to his twenty eighteen tape, you see more of that space defender. He, the thing about the twenty eighteen tape is, for me, he doesn't look um, as jacked as he does <laughs> in his senior tape. He's so buff and so fast in his senior tape, and I think like getting that athlete with the twenty eighteen skill set uh, skill set is kind of what we're going to try to do. And uh, it might take a little time because he spent a whole year doing something different, but I think the payoff's going to be pretty good he looks, he is a phenomenal athlete. He's really fast. Um, he, he brushed 117 times and had 44 pressures. That's an insane, uh, pass rush rate. He had a 91.5 pro football focus grade and run defense, just a a really, really, really strong, uh, player, a player that I I think we should be excited about his potential. And I think five years from now, um, probably is playing where Bobby Wagner's position. He probably is the heir to that throne. But at first he'll play, he'll play uh, outside linebacker. He'll kill either space in for KJ or play on the other side within the four three. And that's fine. That that's fine for this, for this first couple of years. These are his, uh, his learning years. So Eric, what did you, what was your like emotional reaction to the picks? I think a lot of people had a strong emotional reaction to it. Uh, instant letdown. You know, we, we talked about who we wanted, what,
2: where we wanted to be in the draft, meaning trading down and what we wanted. And there was so much going on in the discord. I didn't want to comment because I didn't want to be white noise, but uh, I I think you guys will remember, like I I floated the idea. What is the, what, what position will make you angry if we pick it first or the question was something like that. And my talk was like linebacker or tight end. Cause those are positions I don't want to address. I don't think we need to address early and we, we get a linebacker and I'm immediately upset. We have safeties just sitting there. Um, That's my initial reaction. Now it's changed quite a bit after watching a lot on, on the tape and uh, watching, I watched more Grant Del Pit tape. Let's, let's address that real quick. So that was my, <laughs> that was my guy that I, I circled and, I watched some hype reels leading up to it. You right? went back.
1: You were you were uh, Facebook stalking him, trying to side into his DMs, getting that's, all up in your
0: dress. Sad, sad Wolverine looking at the picture. That's what uh, I was doing. <laughs> and it's then Eric looking at a picture of Grant Delpit.
2: It turned into it turned into like, you know, me singing that '80s song like "I Ain't Missing You at All" because if Grant Delpit <laughs> likes one thing, he loves one thing. He loves a side tackle. He loves an arm <laughs> tackle. And uh, offensive players in the NFL also love being arm tackled because they can break that super easily. I saw so much tape. I was just, I was like, what do we miss out on? What? I mean, I I'm not a good evaluator of college talent, but let's see what I can, you know, what I can glean from this. And man, I uh, that's why I don't evaluate college talent. I'll tell you that. Um, it's it's funny to me that we all kind of had the same thought. All of us fans, all the people in the Discord the the same immediate thought, but reading like the national headlines, uh, the national take on each pick, and the the one consensus I saw was Seahawks had a really bad time tackling last year. Uh, they had a, a hard time in run support. This is going to shore that up immediately. Not the flashy pick, but the pick that makes sense. And um, I'm like you. I'm I'm okay with it. I like you, Nathan. I don't like that we maybe didn't take queen or that like you said, uh, now we're kind of connected that way, kind of like Keekly and Wagner, but uh, we won that one. So
0: hoping we win this one. Jordan Brooks too. I mean, he's a 98th percentile, 10 yard split. His length is exceptional for the position. He's 240 pounds, which is pretty big. He he's a rock solid athlete. I, I think that that's one thing that the team noticed is that they needed to get faster and more athletic on defense and the first two picks in this draft were a direct shot at doing that. Jordan yeah. Brooks is a is a is a an admission that last year we played too slow, and we want to play faster this year on defense. And he's this a real guy,
1: chase and tackle guy, like what we got in Blair. He's a guy that will track people down, kind of ball carrier seeking missile.
0: So, uh, any other Jordan Brooks thoughts before we move on to the second the second round? No, oh, all right. Go with it. All right, so we get to the second round. The Seahawks traded up uh, into the second round, uh, position number forty-eight, right? Yep, uh, forty-eight, and they selected Darrell Taylor, uh, the def- uh, edge defender out of Tennessee. And let me just start by saying that um, Taylor is a really, really good athlete. I said it on the last, the last guy, um, and you know the thing is he didn't he didn't do any combine drills. So it's, it was hard for me to know that going in from the, well, you know, I usually for these guys, I watch like one or two games and then that's it. And then I move on to the next guy. So without digging deeper, I didn't know how good of an athlete he is. The more you watch him, the more you realize that he is, he's bendy. He can get off the edge. He can do a, a nice long arm bull rush. His big thing is that he doesn't have like a second move when his first move fails. And, uh, I think that that will, that's something he can develop though. Um, And he is a rock solid athlete again, just like the last pick. And I think it's another admission. Like we got to get more athletic up front in the front seven. Here's a guy we know is a great athlete. I mean, I'm going to guess that he sent some kind of pro day thing that he did because he had a surgery. That's why he skipped the combine. But he said that he would be recovered in time to do a pro day. He probably has one of those videos (laughs) that we heard about doing wall flips. <laughs> no, I'm gonna guess that he just did normal mm-hmm. drills, but uh, he, he does a really good job. He, yeah. And my big thing for him is that if he can develop, like kind of finish his pass rush sets and his counters, he'll be, he'll be a really, really good edge defender for a long time. If he doesn't finish that, I think he'll still be a solid rotational player. That's like the floor. The floor is solid rotational player. And the ceiling is uh is pretty, is pretty high actually. I, in my opinion. All right, Kevin what'd you notice when you did, you did a like a 25 30 minute video on Taylor right I
1: thought it was gonna be a shorter video for him but it ended up being closer to 25 he was a really fun tape breakdown too All the right, first two picks if we're going by pure fun factor
0: hi yeah what you what'd you see when you watched him so to kind of go uh
1: double down on your floor ceiling uh in the tape I said I think his floor is kind of Benson Mayoa uh a guy who can come in and offers a lot of value as a pass rusher and I think his ceiling is more along the lines of like a cliff avril i don't think he's ever a guy who's going to be plus plus against the run but he can be like an average run defender and a plus pass rusher
0: yeah last last year he had a 63 uh run stop grade on pro football focus not great a little below average but some you see potential there where he could do it and he's definitely strong enough to do it he wins 19 percent of his pass rushes which is really great that's that's like a, a big number. Uh, their, their NFL comparison for him is Brian Arakpo. Other people say Junior Gillette. Either way, just a good, rock-solid athlete to bring in the defensive end. Now, Eric, defensive end was a position that we knew we needed coming into this draft. So when when d- we got d- Daryl Taylor, was it a sense of relief, or was it a kind of like, hey, this is – because this is one of the guys we didn't talk about as much. He came up, but very, <clears throat> very briefly. Or was it like, hey, I, I don't know about this pick?
2: Yeah, so we didn't talk about this guy uh, deeply. I know that when Matos went, I was like, oh, that's ah, that's our guy! Ah, possibly. Because <laughs> there was a lot of like, this this is probably the guy we're going to get, but maybe not. we probably trade down to get him. Uh, Detour guess,
0: gross, Matos.
2: Yeah. Um, I guess my thing is
0: <laughs> I
2: didn't like the trading back in to get it because I know how much we covet picks. Uh, it's It's not like I'm against it. It's not like I think that it was a bad move. I just that's that was my initial reaction like oh we traded up to get this guy and i don't really know anything about him you know it's these are all things i don't know and uh just going off initial reactions i do like the pick and you know defensive end was a unless you're unless you're picking very early in the draft uh pass rush wasn't something that you were going to get like a slam dunk on uh at least what we think so uh yeah I, i enjoyed this pick very much especially watching tape on this guy it's uh it's it's very interesting.
1: I think he's one of two guys where Nathan's brought up the stat before the success rate of edge players um, for Pat Rush and the passer taken outside of the first round is poor, like just flat mm-hmm. out. But o-
0: outside of the top fifteen, rookie rookie pass rushers outside of the top fifteen, like the the record for sacks is like six and a half or seven or something.
1: And I feel like Taylor and Julian Aquara. Out of Notre Dame are the two guys who have the skill set, but also the reason to have slipped in the draft that makes you think that they can still be successful pass rushers. Early on, uh, I think Nate, you're on the money about his biggest issue is that he doesn't have a variety of moves. He has about three, and he doesn't combo them super well all the time. So his plan, his plan B, really
0: athletic. Yeah, his plan B isn't usually not as good as plan A. Yeah,
1: and then the other thing was he played last year. like uh, He had that surgery, like you said. He played the entirety of last season with a stress fracture in his shin. And you saw that show up sometimes in his explosiveness. It's really hard to have a good first step when your leg's trying to separate from itself during that first step. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see when he has his full athleticism back. Because he made a big jump between his junior and senior year technique-wise just making the right like reads on when to go inside and outside on a tackle kind of technical things like that. He got a lot stronger, which tells me that he's coachable and that he understands what he wants to do at the position. But the other piece of it is when he has his body, right? How much of a difference is that going to make in what he's capable of doing? So the more I watched Daryl, Daryl Taylor, the more I thought that his ceiling was higher than I thought on the initial like highlights watch. Yeah.
0: All right. And then, so now we move on, uh, the next pick the Seahawks take a, a, a big boy, another a, a beefy boy, which we, we know the Seahawks Nest podcast loves that, uh, six foot two, 329 pounds, 30 inch vertical. That is getting up at 327, 80th percentile for inside Athlete. offensive lineman, 27 reps on the bench, nine foot broad jump. 10.25 inch hands he's got some mitts on him which is like russ all right damian lewis eric as a lover of a thick side of meat how did <laughs> what, do you, what do you what do you think about damian lewis uh this may have been the first maybe the only pick in the
2: draft not only this first pick in the draft where i was like all right yeah i like this uh, It's it's showing up the offensive line we weren't really sure on where tackle would fall for us one uh who would be available to if we'd want to take that person uh Damian Lewis out of LSU, I like him a lot. I watched tape before the draft, watched it after. Um, I I took note of his athleticism, uh, watching tape after the pick. I'm all in on this guy. He's
0: 330 pounds. He holds the weight very well, and he is very powerful. Yeah. He's a very powerful mover. He's a people mover. Kevin, what do you notice? I know you've probably started digging deep on Damian Lewis because that's your next video that you're putting up on Patreon. What do you what do you think about Damien?
1: Uh, I think Damian Lewis is uh, a big, sexy beast. That's what I have to say about this man. He is, like you said, man, he's an absolute people mover. Um, So I've, I've watched about, I think, five games now, and I'll have tape on three of them. But something I've noticed, in every single game, he gets at least one interior defender on the ground at least twice, and... Sometimes it'll be, uh, you know, he's supposed to be double teaming, and he kind of moves off of a double team and sees the center or the tackle working on a guy, and he'll just kind of pop over there and shove the guy over and fall on him, just put him on the ground and let him feel it a little bit. Uh, he, he he's
0: the Eric Ronnebeck dirt bag of the week. I'll take it. Yeah. Okay, in, the sec- in the second in the second in the second half of last year, from week eleven on, he was the highest graded uh, guard or our, our highest graded uh fbs guard oh, okay. for for all of the nation on pro football focus really good uh guard prospect here um biggest thing for me is that he's really powerful he's really thick he can he's dominant in the run game just dominant in true pass sets like obvious passing situations where the guy can pin his ears back and come he can struggle from time to time but it's not because of something that's really wrong with him. I think it's just a technique issue that he needs to clean up because he's powerful enough to win and fast enough to win in those situations. But sometimes he doesn't get, um, he doesn't get, he gets too wide and he, he like gets bowled over a little bit. And I think it's just like when he knows it's going to be a pass and the other guy knows it's going to be a pass. I don't know if it's like a mental thing, but his technique kind of falters falters a little bit and it's totally fixable something that he can he can easily fix at the pro level um especially the way he acts on on run block on run blocking or even just pass blocking when it's not an obvious pass play it's the plays where it's an obvious pass play that he struggles with the most and um that's just i think it's just a uh like a mental thing not a not a skills thing not a athleticism thing it's not like he can't get lateral or anything like that i think he just he needs to get get it kind of drilled into him a little bit
1: yeah there's a technical side of it and i think it has to do with balance based on his technique you talked about him playing with too wide of a base the other thing is uh sometimes in a true pass set if he starts to kind of slide a little bit and give space he worked really well in quick sets where you just kind of plant his uh plant foot and then step into the guy that he's blocking but if he's ever giving up a little bit of ground in like a deeper pass set situation then he has a tendency to lunge a little bit and he can get his shoulders out over the front of his toes and he's off balance and you there were a couple times on film where you'd see a really good defender like a um oh, oh the yeah. Derek for derrick brown and then the one for alabama uh Raekwon davis mm-hmm. uh he would get his like helmet out over his shoes a little bit, and they would pull a rip move him because he's only six two and a half, six three. Uh, you have these big six five, six six D tackles that could rip over the top of him, and they would get him falling forward. He kind of fall out of the play, and those are the ones where he'd look really bad. But if he didn't lunge and he kept his feet, he's got enough anchor to handle just about anybody. The other thing that was kind of impressive was second level blocks if he had to like double team with the tackle and then move up and take about four or five steps to take on a linebacker or a safety, man, he just mauled the guy. Like you knew as soon as he took a couple steps up, you're like, okay, well, whoever he's about to block is just out of the play forever. Like just erased from humanity for the next like five seconds.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, All right. Uh, next, next, next player we came up, we got, uh, we took a tight end took the six foot seven uh, Mountain of a Man, Colby Parkinson, out of Stanford. Kevin, go ahead and lead us off with this one. What do you see when you see Colby Parkinson?
1: Colby Parkinson is a really annoying tape watch because uh, this year Stanford had very little in the way of wide receivers, and so they had him split out wide at 6'7", 252. They had him playing wide receiver, and I don't mean like slot receiver, or offset receiver, he was playing out like beyond the hash mark on both sides. Like in a two receiver set, he was outplaying wide receiver. And so his evaluation is kind of a little difficult. But the thing you notice is he has really good hands. Um,
0: he has zero drops.
1: He, he's really good at bullying a defensive back. Like he understands that he's a lot bigger and he does that Jimmy Graham thing where he just posts them up and they can't do anything about it. Uh, that makes him an immediate red zone weapon. It makes him good at like making catches at the sticks. Uh, You can see how he would fit into our scheme.
0: So my, my thing with Colby Parkinson is that when I watch him is that a lot of times, if it's like a 50, 50 ball, I just don't feel like he, um, I feel like the contested catches. He's not as good as he should be. You know, he, his contested catch percentage was 42.4%. And I just think that he, a guy of his size and stature, the way that he, they used him. He often had a matchup that he should have been able to dominate and he just is not able to do it. Instead. He just kind of pushes. I would say it's like a draw, a push. And at six, seven 251, um, You know, I think that there's a, there's potential here, but he's not a really great blocker. And at six, seven, he's always going to have a struggle to get low enough to block. His athletic testing was nothing to write home about as a, as a, uh, tight end 40th percentile, or sorry, 63rd percentile 40, but uh 48th percentile vertical 20th percentile broad jump 37th percentile bench, decent three cone drill. But I, I don't really understand what the team's plan is here to use Colby Parkinson. He seems to overlap a lot with Jacob Hollister. So he's just like a tall, slightly worse Jacob Hollister. Like that doesn't seem like a player that we needed to spend this high of a draft. To me, a lot of people might say like. Jordan Brooks, that's a head scratching pick. For me, this is the pick that had me scratching my head the most. As someone who had watched some significant amount of Colby Parkinson prior to the draft and thought this is not because I I was really confident we were going to draft the tight end. We ended up drafting two, but actually zero, in my opinion. Colby Parkinson just to me does not seem a guy who's ever going to be like a special inline tight end. I'd love to be proven proven wrong here, but it just and that's how we use our tight ends, too. We're not the team that's going to have a bunch of guys go out there and split them all out wide or have them play in the slot. This isn't Darren Waller. You know what I mean? That how the Oakland, or sorry, Las Vegas uses the him. So for me, it's a little bit of a head scratcher. Eric, you got I any Colby that, Parkinson thoughts?
2: I think this is the pick that probably irritated me the most because it was that other position that I didn't want early. <clears throat> and at pick 133, that's that's plenty early uh like you have my doubts about about parkinson but i get that the seahawks like they want to replace the three good performances he got out of jimmy graham and i think that also russ needs a new best friend uh i think this is i think this is the stab at it they obviously see something we don't the contested catch percentage bothers me for sure um his size by the way like He's gonna put on a little muscle, but that size in college, that's big.
0: So that's that's a one, little worrisome to me. But one one skill he has that could translate really well with Russ is he has a really long or wide catch radius. So if Russ can throw it like really high, where obviously no one could catch it but him, the only thing is his vertical is not really great. So I think feel like some guys could jump high enough to make up for the the height advantage.
2: Does He's that make, does that make sense? One
0: for sure, but.
2: Again, this this looks like it's going to be a three headed tight end for us, uh, between what's left of Disley, Hollister, and now Greg Olson. <laughs> Forgot about Olson. Well, geez, I guess Parkinson slides in at a number four receiver.
0: What do I know? Yeah, I feel like he's kind of buried on the depth chart. Anyway, I feel like the the team maybe sees him as a developmental project. He's tall; they can work on him, uh, get something out of him in a couple years when Greg Olson retires, maybe. Uh,
1: I think he's just a replacement for Luke Wilson. And I'd have to say, in my opinion, he's, I don't think he's really much worse of a blocker than Luke Wilson right now.
0: Sure. That's thank you for allowing me him to clear that extremely low bar, Kevin. That's very kind of you. Okay. <laughs>
1: so now I have somebody who's a little taller, um, a much more sure-handed
0: on a yes, rookie deal. Never drops anything for sure. That's the, that is a good thing.
1: And so that's probably the roster spot that he's stealing so we replaced Luke Wilson with a guy who's Luke Wilson, who's a better catcher with upside.
0: If we everyone's us on Twitter yet, if everyone's healthy, I mean, does he play more than 50 offensive snaps this year? I'm not, not including special teams. He could be an awesome special teamer. that's something I didn't even really think about, but just not including special teams. Does he play more than 50 just regular offensive snaps?
1: Uh, if it's more, it's not a ton more like, like you wouldn't want him to necessarily. I think this is we're picking him up because him, Hollister, and Disley as our three tight ends moving forward after this is you have Disley who's the do everything guy, you have Hollister who's kind of more the H back, and then you have Parkinson who's this huge red zone target guy, and that's a really nice three headed monster because you figure Greg Olsen has his announcer deal lined up for after the season, you know. Uh, so I think this is kind of a plan for moving forward. The other thing about his contested catch rate. KJ Costello sucked at throwing contested catch balls. I'm just mm-hmm. going to say that flat out right now. If you have a 6 foot 7 tight end, you should not be hitting him in the kneecap with your 50-50 ball. And uh, you know, I having really watched and studied three full game tapes, I would say I I don't even think I can count, I don't think I could fill up one hand with the number of targets to Parkinson where the ball was show, thrown at shoulders and above so it's really hard to do a contested catch against a shorter defensive back when you're having to stoop down to catch it at your thigh
0: all right let's move on to dj dj dallas um dj dallas running back out of miami we lock up last year's homer and dallas backfield to become the great next great seahawks backfield uh dj dallas um Kevin we knew the whole draft we're gonna take a running back it, it's been memed for days we finally get our running back here in round four uh what do you what do you think about DJ Dallas uh
1: DJ Dallas is a guy that I didn't do a lot of film study on because I didn't have a reason to he's he was gonna go pretty late he was not one of the prospects I necessarily saw as being uh, a great fit but when you look at his athletic profile 510 217. Uh, ran a sub 4, 33 and a half on the vertical one nineteen on the broad that puts him kind of in the same range. Really as fast what we ten. Normally do. Really
0: fast ten yard split too, uh, and that's
1: what jumps out on tape. Have you got a chance to watch much of him? Yes. So he's one of those guys where like A minus acceleration, C plus top speed.
0: Yeah, his long speed is not great. He's not gonna he might get caught from behind a lot. He might be one of those guys where he gets through. Looks like he's gonna make a big run, then gets caught like twenty yards downfield, but that's okay. Um guys kind of bounce he'll off him. kind of bounce yep. off him a little bit, which I love. Yeah, and he's got really good leg turn. Like
1: he's when he hits the pile or if he's driving through one guy, uh, some running backs stop their feet. He keeps his feet moving the whole time, which means he's a guy who's more likely to fall forward which at five foot ten, that's two yards, just about a yard and a half, two yards just from falling forward. Um, he can push through arm tackles. Uh, he's, he, he has the makings of a pretty solid power back. The thing is, he's not super decisive about where to make his cut. If no. they can teach him how to read the line better to know when to make the cut, then he can use his acceleration to get upfield quickly.
0: He still felt like he was learning how to be a running back and he came in as like a quarterback kind of hybrid guy from mm-hmm. high school he goes to miami they start him out at wide receiver then they switch him to running back he only ends up getting like 300 total carries over the course of his career at miami uh, which is not a lot and then he and he gets one drop on 29 catchable balls i think the seahawks look at dj dallas and they saw someone who immediate contributor as a third potential third down back and also has the ability to play on special teams and in the return game. So he, no, so at bare minimum, they're going to get a plus special teamer right off the bat. Then he can, uh, he can turn that into also some third down back carries if he can beat out pass blocker. Yeah. Good blocker. Um, pretty good elusive rating, pretty rush. I mean, just really solid all around back, just the volume, you know, you don't see enough, Didn't see a ton of volume out of DJ Dallas, which means that you never know. If he gets thrust into a really big role, it might be trouble.
1: Yeah, I don't love spending a late fourth round pick on a running back who I think is like an ideal RB3, RB4. Like that feels like a weird use of resources. But at the same time, uh, I feel like I can kind of trust Seattle when it comes to running backs. We have a pretty good running back draft history. So I'm going to think... That the upside that looks like it might be there probably is.
0: Yeah, um, Eric, did you did you were you excited that we took a running back, or did did you despair the running back pick like all of Seahawks Twitter?
2: This is the point in the draft where it's where the experts take over. This is where I stop getting uh, deep diving <laughs> on the picks because I don't want a running back here, but I don't know the players as much. You know, it's you're getting down to the nitty gritty per se. Uh, I didn't love this pick because, like Kevin, I didn't want a running back here. Uh, I feel like the Seahawks got another body. They probably got a, uh, a another Seahawk clone running back that they can plug in. They obviously needed to upgrade the depth from last year. We we all know what we went through. Um, there's, there's arguments that it may have cost us a trip to the Super Bowl. You don't want Turbo back? Uh, I like Turbo. Uh, okay, as long as he's not on our team, you know, uh, he can come. He can come
0: raise the twelfth man flag in a preseason game.
2: Correct, exactly. <laughs> I'm thinking that a preseason game against the Vikings that we always have. that's going to be former fun. Super Bowl champion Robert Turbin. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's such a deep hole, even though it's really not. It's every time I hear that stat, I'm like, really? That's crazy. Um, I don't know. It, it pick 144. I didn't like it. I, I think that this guy can do a little. Uh, a little more than uh, Homer did for us last year, but uh, you guys said all the rest. We can, we can move on.
0: Okay. Uh, let's go. Okay. Let's go to Alton Robinson. Alton Robinson. We selected him. Uh, he here's my thing. on Alton Robinson. Okay. You ready? He is his first step is really, really good actually. And he gets off, but he doesn't have the bend to bend around that corner uh and get to the passer and he takes like a weird choppy step when he gets past the tackle that lets the tackle catch back up if he can cut that out he has a he has a good first move that he can build up that he could use at i think any level and then build upon that um, he has a really he's powerful he's he's fast he's a good athlete um 82nd percentile vert 76th percentile broad jump not a great three cone, but did pretty good. And his 10 yard split was pretty solid too.
1: Well, and that three cone backs up what you just said about his bit bend around the corner.
0: Yeah. He just can't get around that corner. And I, th- and I, and it's, I think it's a foot a footwork thing from watching it. It's not like he doesn't have the athleticism to bend around the corner. He takes like a weird double step thing. He is an effective run stop in college, 23 run stops, his senior year, 20, his junior year, uh, really think he he should be in my opinion um someone that we could really kind of develop he's probably going to get a redshirt year this year not going to play a whole lot but at the point we took him in the draft to be honest seems like kind of a good value so i'm i'm into it i'm i'm totally down with uh, alton robinson how about that you like that kevin where are you are you uh bullish on robinson as well or do you think that are you not a fan
1: Alden Robinson is a guy. First of all, you heard the story about who he's been working out with, right?
0: Uh, I heard that he worked out at uh he worked out at Ford. He worked he, out at Ford
1: with Cliff Averill. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, that's at least we know that he can pick good mentors. Right. I mean, that's 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 one that's one good decision he's made. So, I uh, yeah, he had 23 run stops last year. He had 20 run stops the year before. His sack production was a lot higher in 2018 when he had a little bit more talent around him. But um, it was also just kind of finishing plays a little bit better because his total pressures in 2018 and 2019 were pretty similar. So he's a guy who fell down the board because um, he converted less into sacks. And also, I think his athletic testing was a little disappointing. Uh, I think a lot of people thought that three cone was going to be a little better. And I think they thought that the vertical and the broad were going to be a little bit better, too. Uh, Because on tape, he he looks really athletic. Uh, on tape, he looked like maybe a third or fourth round guy. And then after the combine, he kind of surfaces a fifth or sixth round guy. I guess what I'd have to say is he's I, to, to keep playing the compare a draft pick to a current Seahawks edge player. I think his floor is Brandon Jackson, a guy who comes in, provides quality, snaps against the run, but doesn't give you a ton as a pass rusher. I think that's the least he'll be. I think there's a really good chance that he can develop into a better pass rusher when he gets more powerful in his moveset. Like, he's a guy who I think his footwork won't increase his bend, but I do think cleaning up his footwork, taking better angles, you're right, he does this weird thing where he...
0: He goes too far downfield.
1: Yeah, exactly. He takes a few too many steps wide and then can't get back up to the quarterback. And I think what has to happen is he needs to take a page out of uh, Daryl Taylor's book and just two-arm bull rush the guy straight forward and then use his power uh, through the chest of the tackle. And he has the physical strength to be powerful like that, but he just doesn't have the technique to be powerful like that. So I actually think because of his run defense, he could end up making the rotation this year and just be like our fifth edge.
0: So people know I like guys who can do a thing, right? That's like a I want I want to see an elite skill when I watch the tape. I don't really care what it is. He has an elite skill. His first step is elite. It is excellent. It's one of the, it's better than Taylor's first step. I mean, it's yep. like a really good first step. One of the best I've watched. I didn't really watch much Alton Robinson before this week. And I thought, wow, this guy has a really great first step. It's everything after that first step. That's concerning. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> the first step is great. And if that's good enough to beat, if he's playing when he was playing his lesser competition and a first step was good enough to win, he won constantly. It's when the first step wasn't good enough to win that he ran into trouble and he's going to yeah. have to figure out what to do after that first step that will get him a win on the football field, which is why I think he's a great developmental project because if he, you know, the worst case scenario is he washes out and it's just a six-round pick, but if, if if he can get past that, he does have an elite skill they can try to build on. You guys ready for Freddie Swain?
1: Well, Eric, you got a take on Alton Robinson?
0: Yeah,
2: just a little bit. I mean, I was I was uh, excited for this pick for no reason.
1: <laughs> just because it was an edge and that's a position you wanted to see us take stuff out. It,
2: it was a little bit of that, Kevin. It was also looking at just the tales of who he trains with and how he knows some Seahawks. It sounds like this is the guy that uh, we want to develop into something more. I'm I'm reasonably excited about this guy. I'll say that.
0: Okay, now yeah. we move on. Freddie Swain. Freddie Swain went to the combine. He ran a 4-4-6-40, 16 benches, broad jumped 124, did a seven oh five cone. Pretty decent athletic testing numbers. But we drafted Freddie Swain for one reason and one reason alone. His long speed and special teams prowess will make him a contributor on the Seattle Seahawks from day one. Um, he kind of slid under the radar quite a bit because Florida sucks last year, especially their quarterback was not good. So, so on arm, yeah, so they, they, Swain has the potential to be a kind of the, the tall slot guy. You know, he's a height, weight, speed guy. He could be the tall kind of slot receiver who just runs a lot of slants and gets that. But he, that's his peak. His peak is a wide receiver three. We drafted him to be a special teams contributor, and he will contribute on special teams. Um, I think that, he could be like our um, who's the wide receiver for for New England? That's their special team. player. Yeah, he could be one day like our our special teams guy, right? Like our our special team legend, Freddie Swain. That's the potential new Chris Maragos. The new Chris Marigos, exactly. That's what we drafted him to try to be. And uh, players like that are valuable. They get paid, you know, two three million dollars to go play somewhere else after they're done. Look at what we paid Easy last year. And the that's new our special Alex Bannister. He's the new easy man. I'm excited about Freddie Swain from a special teams potential. He does have potential to be a slot receiver. He's he's pretty blocked there now. He's going to have to get through um, Dorsett, which probably not. And then he's going to have to get through Ursua too to get snaps there. That's another another battle. Luckily for him, Ursua is already, I think, 41 years old, right? I'm just (laughs) kidding. But he is like 27. And so Ursua might be
1: transitioning to a coaching position.
0: He he does have a he does he does have a good shot to win that I think that'll be a camp battle to watch is that second slot receiver is it Freddie Swain is it John Ursua um, that's the that's a camp battle that I'm really excited about but I'm I'm really into the the special teams potential of one Freddie Swain Kevin did you watch the one game of Freddie Swain tape that I had that was in the spreadsheet
1: Yeah I watched the uh, highlight and I watched well which game was it that was in the
0: spreadsheet uh, I can't remember no <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> He got like six targets in the game. Yeah, five. I watched.
1: Uh, I watched one game as well from 2019. Um, I'm struggling to remember who it was against, but uh, what I saw was a guy who is really shifty in the open field. He is very capable. Like if you give him a screen, he can take a screen the distance. Um, he's the kind of guy who. So the the thing. That's going to decide whether or not he can provide a lot of value as a receiver is if you watch him returning a punt, or if you watch him like in the open field after he catches the ball, he can change directions without without having to uh, pull back on the accelerator. Like he can, he can do a near full speed change of direction. Like he's got really loose hips that way, but when he's running routes, he doesn't. So if you see him trying to make like a really sharp break on a route or something, he has to dial down in order to turn and make the cut on the route. If he could make his cuts at the same speed that he makes his cuts when he's running in the open field, he could actually be a really, really good slot receiver. But until he can do that, I think he's a plus special teamer. And I'll go so far as to say, I think it's on Ursua to beat Freddie Swain out, not the other way around, because John Ursua didn't offer the same special teams upside that Freddie Swain comes in and offers immediately. He's a punt returner. He's a kick returner. He's a guy who can uh, be on the different coverage teams. He offers a lot of flexibility in that role.
0: Yeah, he could be a gunner right away too. Yep. Um, Eric, did you uh, – did you know anything about Florida's offense last year? or is this kind of a total question mark for you? I uh, I I think he's. It'll be nice to see him. You
2: know, have a quarterback because last year he had Tebow throwing to him. I don't watch a lot of college football, so I assume it was still
0: <laughs> Tim Tebow. it's uh it's Tim Tebow's uh, nephew, <laughs> Grant <laughs> it's Tebow. It's Trask
1: and Trask. Yeah. Well, if, t- if he gets the ball over fit over five yards, then it was with wind aided.
0: Yeah, the, there's they had two quarterbacks last year. The first one, that Franks, was was fine, not great. Well, no, still,
1: he had a big arm. He just could He, he threw it in a radius, yeah. so it was within <laughs> ten yards of the guy, but he could get it really far downfield.
2: Oh, so he's uh oh, too bad the XFL folded. Jeez. Uh, here's here's my quick take on on Freddie Swain. Uh, remember when we we grabbed Parkinson? I was like, man, I wish we'd have grabbed like a receiver, receiver. Uh, what tight end was available here with similar skill sets? That's, that's my immediate take. That's what I thought when we drafted him. I was like, nah, I'm not, I don't, I'm not even going to threat. I don't even care. That's what my well, thought
0: <laughs> you were, you were thinking like, Hey, what's a tight end that was available. And then boom, the Seahawks traded back into this draft, really misallocated some resources. Again, I hate when they do this. They gave up a sixth rounder next year to get a seventh rounder this year. They've done this a couple years in a row now. I think it's really dumb. Uh, I, I would not do it. There's, I don't know. It just weirds me out, but they they go in. Yeah, and they, part of it's because the guy that got they go in, they get Stefan, Stefan, Steven, Stefan. That's an E, though. All right, I whatever. Know. I whatever. Think so it's like Stefan, Stefan like Sullivan on and Urkel. Same. Difference. OK, Stefan, Sullivan. My favorite Stefan Sullivan sat. You ready? You got. You guys like this? Um, he only got one catch. After, uh, after the, like the last eight weeks of the season, he got 14 targets the whole season last season. Um, just, he only played, he's only played like 90 inline snaps. He's basically uh, a wide receiver that gets listed at tight end. He's six, five His, his explosiveness drills, uh, are pretty good. His change of direction drills are horrible. So 86 percentile. 10 yard and 40 yard dash, 89th percentile vert, 92nd percentile broad, 15th percentile three cone, 12th percentile 20 yard shuttle. He's He's, got, McAvoy. he's got freaky wingspan. He can run in a straight line. Um, maybe they'll have him go out there and run like uh, some some seam routes or something because he's really long and he's really he can run really fast, but he's got some work to do. Uh, to be honest with you, I see him ending up on our practice squad this year. This just gives us kind of an advantage of getting him there cause this is a really crowded tight ends room. If we kept five tight ends, I would be stunned. So it, it's, um, yeah, we'll see him on the practice squad. Hopefully develop, uh, can develop. Uh, it's honestly kind of cool for guys to get drafted. So that's probably a really exciting experience for him. And I wish him all the luck. That's, that's my St- Stefan <laughs> Sullivan review. There you go. All right, Kevin, what'd you see when you dug into the, the very, sh- there's no Stefan Sullivan tape. So when you watched LSU games and he wasn't on the, Field or wasn't doing anything <laughs> uh, they used
1: him uh, out wide quite a bit uh, or in the slot for a lot of his snaps um, seemed to block well on screens that's that's a thing like he, he blocked like a very large wide receiver because he's a very large wide receiver so if you like Jermaine Curse blocking you'll like Stefan Sullivan blocking I don't know man I this one I'm I'm with you I didn't see a reason to trade a six-round pick to get a guy who, if everything goes perfectly, should not end up on our roster. You And if you everything don't... goes even okay, should not end up on our roster.
0: You don't want the guy who was an afterthought in the record-breaking offense?
1: No, I'm not super stoked about it. Oh, okay. Uh, I'd, have been, I'd have been more stoked about getting Thaddeus Moss, because at least I know that he has a skill that he's plus at, which is mm-hmm. he's a really good blocking tight end. Right. I don't know what Stefan Sullivan really brings to the team other than being the new Tanner Macavoy.
0: Long arms, can run fast. Um maybe the line only. Maybe this maybe the team sees him and it has a role for him. I don't know. I'm I'm willing to gunner. give him a shot. <laughs> that's, we, we that's just the gunner though. That's Freddie Swain, bro. Okay. Um, hey, this guy was coveted by other teams. That's, that's, that's Nico Thorpe, bro. Um okay. Yeah, I guess that's true. He, I mean, but I mean, supposedly. when you look at when you look at him, he's really tall. He's really long. He can run really fast in a straight line. I could see why teams want to give him a shot. I just think that it's a dart throw. It's the seventh round, whatever. I'm not going to overthink it. The that's it. That's the end of the draft. Seahawks draft was done. It was in the books. Uh, edge defender still feels like a position that we need to get a free agent in. But there's still two guys lur- lurking out there that we can go try to get. I think it's going to be okay. I'm, I'm keeping uh, the faith
1: rotation. We need to add at least one more body too.
0: Yeah. Otherwise more.
1: we're relying on DeMarcus Christmas or, uh, Naz Jones to do something, which that doesn't seem like a good idea.
0: Yeah. We'll talk about some of the free agent options in our next podcast, uh, like to finish out the roster and, and stuff like that. But hopefully by next week we've resigned Clowney and everything is coming up millhouse. So if you want to sort the Seahawks nest podcast, there are many ways to do so. So best way head over to patreon.com slash Seahawks nest for as little as dollar 24 a month get a, get in the discord get links to kevin's film breakdowns you can get in the film room with kevin um, you can watch the watch some plays watch kevin talk about them kind of it's like kind of having a, a a guy in your room telling you about football it's like it's like a budget tony romo you know yeah you can also literally ask me questions
1: in the discord as you watch the film and i'll answer them if i can
0: yeah people people been active in the discord it's been great uh, it was really fun watching the the draft with everyone yeah uh, i thought that big was big shouts to everyone who made it funny everyone everyone who got to hear me freak out about the cursed the curse of a uh, casual <laughs> casual raj <laughs> casual goodell get him off my tv okay so uh and then if you don't have any money oh and i can't i can't thank individual patrons today because patreon is down for scheduled maintenance right now while we're recording so uh should i try to remember carrie floctimus keith is michelle go well. uh brian Hmm. I Chuck there's more. no chuckatilla's gone that i didn't say that one on purpose no wait we, we've actually had some some interesting like a uh, churn here where we're actually up quite a few patreons but people are leaving too i'm pretty sure because of covid like it's definitely hurting people in their in their wallet so kind yeah, of we can intre- also tell people aren't commuting
1: as much because our downloads are down a little bit yeah Good time I to feel call like a
0: friend People, people, uh, people, yeah, they listen to podcasts while they're uh, driving to work and that, that hurts all podcasts. But I, I talked around to uh, some of the other big Seahawks podcasts and that's what's happening to us is not uncommon. So, uh, yeah, start listening to podcasts while you're at home, work from home. Why not? Tweet me, won't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: well, the trick is what you want to do is you want to not be on the video for the Zoom meeting and then just have podcast in one ear, Zoom meeting in the other. And just listen for your name.
2: If they're like any of my meetings, totally doable, guys and gals.
0: Uh, the, um, All right. So if you don't this have any been, money...
1: This has been shady life advice with Eric and Kevin. <laughs> but if you,
0: if you, if you, if you uh, don't have any money, you want to support the podcast, iTunes, give us a review. Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you find your reviews, give us a thumbs up, plus one. Uh, five-star review. However, this helps people find the podcast, helps helps us show up first when uh, people search for Seahawks podcast which is what we really want also do you know link it to your friends post it on Reddit I don't know those things that I feel uncomfortable doing because I don't like self-promoting but you could do it for me make 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 me make me popular <laughs> so, Be our hype man so I uh, post I'll uh, <laughs> I'll pay you in uh, Stanley Nichols so so uh, <laughs> the <laughs> suggestions for this week uh, start with who wants to go first? Does anyone want to go first? I'm good. All right, Kevin, go ahead.
1: All right. Yeah. Amazon Prime has District 9 on it. If you haven't seen it in a while, or if you haven't seen it ever, District 9. Um, science fiction, political commentary, super interesting, solid movie. Um, very enjoyable on a lot of levels.
0: Uh, highly recommended. All right. Nice. District 9 is a good one. Eric, what do you got, uh, Nick bro? and I rewatched a, a classic
2: that you rewatched a couple years ago and we, we talked about a couple years ago and you said you didn't think it held up or maybe you didn't like it as much. And that is SLC punk. Uh, I rewatched this. (laughs) I love that movie. I like it very much. I still think it's good. I, uh, I'm not so sure about the ending. I think it's got its own way of doing things like the very, very end. But, uh, that's, uh, that's streaming. That's on, uh, it's on my Roku box. I believe it's streaming also on Tubi. Uh, that that movie was a director who really has not done anything else of note and anything that was even remotely good. So he peaked at that one thing. And then guys, I did it. Uh, at request of all the Patreons and in the discord, just nonstop, Eric, will you watch the Ewok adventure on YouTube? Can you make it through the whole thing? <laughs> and guys, I did it. I made it through the whole thing. My wife wasn't even in the room. My wife, and my wife. I don't even know how it happened. Uh, I I don't know. Do I recommend it? Maybe. It doesn't matter. That's it. All right, so, my rec-
1: uh Eric, real quick, when you're watching SLC Punk, did you break out your spiky bracelet, your <laughs> wallet chain, your uh Green Day Dookie t-shirt? Which one? And your Jorts. Uh mm-hmm.
2: and I uh I also got some manic panic from my
0: hair. All right. You good. Just, just had you had started sure. listening to the misfits. Um okay. My suggestion is um is for a show that Everyone probably should have already been watching if you weren't watching it. Well, it's on Netflix, four seasons, Better Call Saul. I think that one thing I'll say is that the absolute high points of Breaking Bad are probably better than Better Call Saul, but it's close. And the average episode quality of Better Call Saul is much better to me. This is the show is extremely good, extremely entertaining. The low point is actually. Um, well, I won't say anything. Maybe I'll just let you discover it for yourself. But it's really good. We're hurtling towards the finish. I don't think there's very many episodes left. I don't know because I'm three episodes behind the um, on my DVR because I have to. I can only watch like one episode a day. Not appropriate to watch with your with your toddlers, <laughs> but but uh, yeah, it's really good, and I highly recommend Better Call Saul. So there you go. Anything else you guys want to say before we get out of here? That's it.
2: All right. No, well then. It.
0: As our, our good friend Russell Wilson would say, you better go to bed. Oh wait, no, it's uh, go go Hawks. Yay, yay, yay.
1: Ow. 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 Ow.